0: Welcome back to the mandatory, (laughs) Brian. Goddamn, it was a crazy weekend for fights in particular. UFC was wild, boxing, crazy. We're going to get into Shakur Stevenson as well. He had Mm -hmm. quite the performance. Bam Rodriguez didn't get the knockout that I thought he was going to get. But nonetheless. because,
1: Because he broke his jaw. Okay. Actually, let's actually reiterate the betting. The, let me just say this. The show we're about to do, and I'm doing the thing again, Chantel, before, off air. She said that I have a habit of, not on the show, more so in personal conversations. Of, You're doing it right now. But... Of, <laughs> 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 right. I know. Of making a point, of beginning to make a point and then making another point on top of that and then making like a third point and not finishing the initial point and then having to go back to it at some point. So um you know we're working on it i'm a professional communicator so like th- this is something that i should be work- i should have been working <laughs> yeah. on but uh look it's also because i'm just at a scatterbrain time in my life right now as is everybody um especially the last three years but bam rodriguez broke his jaw to talk about the betting portion of this um I think if he didn't break his jaw I probably would have gotten the knockout.
0: <laughs> but you know what? Um to Christian Gonzalez he boxed him well at some points. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, and he, 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 he won took a, a lot of shots. Did you he score took it? a lot of shots. What did you score it? I think I gave him like 3 rounds. Christian Gonzalez I gave him 3 rounds.
1: 117-111 is yeah. what I had, so same same thing. And I thought one of those I could have given to Bam Rodriguez. But... I
0: was yeah, like we were being generous at that point, but yeah, yeah. At the same time, like, I'm like, okay, he he landed a lot in that I was looking for Bam's power to kind of mm-hmm. be like, whoa. But at the same time, like, the way that he boxes is so beautiful. At one point, I'm like, man, I think he might be one of my favorite boxes right now.
1: And then there was also um, Brian Mendoza, Sebastian Fundora. Ooh. Now, I said, I said, Sebastian Fundora is going to get knocked out by somebody. Because of the way he fights and doesn't take advantage by using his height, using his length, using his reach. I didn't think Brian Mendoza would be the guy that did it.
0: Well, we both said we were gonna sprinkle on it because we, both said we knew were there was gonna sprinkle the a Brian chance. Mendoza
1: knockout. Which I did. I did it's- sprinkle on it. And I ended up a net positive anyway because you know Sebastian Fundora was such a big favorite. Um I cowered it out on the action network preview. I wish I would have told people to sprinkle on Brian Mendoza. I don't. I don't remember if I did, but also it was a Shakur Stevenson preview, who we're gonna get to in a second. Yeah. But Brian Mendoza, who may have lost every round prior to that, or most of them, definitely most of them, he was down, trailing. Fundora hung on the inside for a little too long, which he over. does.
0: Like we we talked about it actually a few like a couple of weeks ago after yep. the Anthony Joshua fight, and we were talking about Fundora and how he fights, and I, all I kept on saying was so stupid so stupid like you know what i mean like that's the only way that i could describe it because you're not using your height you're not losing your length you can fight at a distance you're gonna get popped one day by a guy that has power that's what happened laid out dude
1: paul williams used to make the same mistake and he did it against sergio martinez and yeah that was one of the that if uh, casual fans who have found this and you're still listening thank you we need you um but if you've never seen the paul williams sergio martinez knockout google it yes it's that one the first one you'll see and it's one of the best knockouts you're ever going to see That's but regardless it. we have some things to talk about today unfortunately for people the show we were doing off air is going to be much better than the show we're about to do on air yeah. <laughs> but as we develop here and as we continue to grow the channel and the social media remember to subscribe to the mandatory brian and Chantel on youtube follow at the mandatory tko on social media email the show at the mandatory show at gmail.com the mandatory show at gmail.com First mailbag will probably be sometime in May, maybe, if we get enough good questions, maybe June. Um, But before that, and I'm doing the thing again where I'm making a point point then stepping Yeah, I'm
0: waiting for you to finish, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get into the show right now. We got Shakur Stevenson to talk about. We have Josh Taylor, Teofimo Lopez, and we have Edgar Berlanga versus Jason Quigley. So we have announcements uh, that were made, fights that were made in New York City, where I am but not not in the big venue. So there's some issues with that, but we'll talk about it all right now.
0: Yeah, I'm going to roll and go with my fellow Puerto Rican here, and he's going to have a lot to say, especially <laughs> about Berlinga, so keep it locked and uh, make sure to follow at the Mandatory TKO. <music> Shakur Stevenson Brian, got it done sixth round TKO looked dominant against a guy like Yoshino who by the way we know how they look at him over in Japan right he's a very big name what were your thoughts on this bout and it kind of brings me to the question where do you stack Shakur Stevenson in this division after that performance
1: I thought she, uh, Yoshino... Yeah, I just totally ejected on the first name. Uh, I thought <laughs> I thought Yoshino, who... Look, as I mentioned in a, a New York Post hit with uh, our guy, Dexter Henry. Um, I thought that he had more of a chin going into this fight, which he did. And I also thought that he's somebody who's a credible challenger, who was a regional champion in Asia, as you mentioned last week. Um had like the Pacific light yeah. title at the lightweight division, 135 pounds, had beaten Nakatani in his last fight, uh, who hung in there with Teofimo Lopez, who hung in there with Vasily Lomachenko before getting stopped and then defeated Felix Verdejo in between that. Um, you know, who, So he had a little bit of a run there before losing to Yoshino, who kind of dominated him. And I thought Shakur Stevenson was not going to have trouble, but I thought that this was going to be more of a classic Shakur Stevenson counterpunching clinic where he wins by decision or potentially stops him late between rounds nine and 12. And he came out the gate and was like, look, all you lightweights who don't want to fight me. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm going to show you guys reasons why you shouldn't want to fight me as opposed to potentially like letting his opponent be successful so that you can show, Hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm, to be had i'm fragile whatever the case may be it was like the most dominant Shakur stevenson performance that i've seen in a minute and i was there when he beat christopher diaz and i remember i interviewed Shakur stevenson before that fight and i remember thinking like yeah this dude's gonna be like one of those <laughs> yeah. and we've we've seen that play out and i think Chantel, he's one of these guys where sometimes you get worried about somebody where they move up and wait and their power is going to fade just a little bit because now they're facing bigger guys. And I think with someone like Shakur Stevenson, who evidently struggled to cut to super featherweight last time out because against Hobson Concecial, he didn't make weight and ended up moving up to lightweight. And he's somebody who I think, kind of like Terrence Crawford, gets to a bigger weight class and actually gets more power because he doesn't have to cut as much, right? I think it works different ways for different people. I think some fighters, they'll move up, and their power is not going to be as strong because they're facing bigger guys. And other guys, it's like, oh, I don't have to cut as much. I can retain most of my power. And I think that's why you've seen Terrence Crawford get so many stoppages at Welterweight. And why Shakur Stevenson dominated the way he did this week. Like Maybe that's something that we're going to see more of in the lightweight division. But I thought it was an A++++ plus performance. And in my perfect world, sort of like we threw out on our YouTube uh, community poll on our channel during the weekend... My perfect world has Shakur Stevenson later this year facing the winner of Devin Haney and Vasily Lomachenko, which I think top rank will do. Or this is more of a dream scenario because I don't think this is going to happen. But the winner between Javante Davis and Ryan Garcia seeing Shakur Stevenson would also be great. I don't think promotionally, like that's going to be the fight that gets made. I think the top rank one is just easier to make. And why would you not want to see potentially Devin Haney uh, against Shakur Stevenson or Vasily Lomachenko versus Shakur Stevenson? But in any event, I hope that the winner of Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia, could get in this mix of fights and potential fights as well.
0: Hey, I mean, let's remember back when Shakur Stevenson and Javante Tank Davis were going at it on social media. I think Tank Davis said at one point that he would end Shakur's career if they were to fight and uh, this was actually for the wbc lightweight eliminator so essentially the winner becomes the mandatory for the wbc belt so yeah it's going to be either haney or lomachenko and i believe bob arum said that he would be fighting lomachenko if anything
1: so he said okay so we talked about this last week a little bit or was it the week before i don't remember um but we talked about this on a recent show what bob arum basically said was Shakur Stevenson will fight Lomachenko if Lomachenko wins. He said he wasn't sure about Devin Haney because he thinks Devin Haney might move up. Bill Haney texted Mark Kriegel on the broadcast, during the broadcast. Mark Kriegel said that Devin Haney, reported that Devin Haney is going to stay. He's planning on staying at Lightweight. So it's
0: likely that we get that fight with him and Shakur Stevenson, which is, that is a massive blockbuster fight. And I think that's what people want to see. You talked about Shakur's power and how we're seeing a little bit more. And we saw it against Yoshino. I think it's also because he's only 25 years old and his body is still mm. filling out. Like he's not pretty much in the body that he's going to be in when he's in his prime. So his power is now coming through as well. Whereas before we were just seeing him out box dudes. And I think at this weight class, we're really going to see him shine. And I think that's what kind of gives him that little bit of edge over Devin Haney, if I'm going to be real with you, because they're both really good defensively. They both have a really good jab, They're both really skilled, great footwork. But the edge for power goes to Shakur Stevenson. And we talk about the lightweight division, and I'm not trying to do a ranking here, but it's hard to say who's going to beat Shakur Stevenson. To me, I think he can beat Devin Haney. Mm. I think he can beat Lomachenko. So he's up there when it comes to the top lightweights right now. What about you, Brian? Like if you're trying to think about the top lightweights and who you're putting in there, I, let me guess George Campbell's is number one for you.
1: Okay, that that's a, that's a, <laughs> that, that's a joke that like four people are gonna get. Um <laughs> and we appreciate those four people. Um <clears throat> look, I think um as it pertains to this particular fight or this particular weight class and the potential fights that could be made and the guys who would be seen sort of coming out of the fire through them. I have probably an easier time seeing Shakur Stevenson or Devin Haney being at the top of this weight class when all is said and done yeah. just because of how versatile and what they can do. um, And I feel like they do They like this is something that I don't think, I think if you really think Javante Davis is the best guy in this weight class, it's because, and this is a real, like, This is a real thing. You think Javante Davis has enough power to wear the defense and skill and counterpunching of Shakur Stevenson and Devin Haney, who you probably don't think have enough power, that Javante Davis is too much power for them to keep Davis away from.
0: Tank also has skill. And he also
1: his defense is underrated. You saw it in the in the Isaac Cruz fight.
0: And, and that's the thing. In that Isaac Cruz fight, he pretty much was fighting with one hand, still got the victory. Cruz had some good moments in that one. But, like, I know this is going off topic, but even thinking about the Ryan Garcia fight, like, I've been back and forth. But after thinking about it, it's hard to not pick Tank because he is so skilled. He has the power. He has good defense. Like, people only talk about the power because it's – It's like blockbuster power like you want to see it he's knocking dudes out left right and center tucking them in for a nap. So that's the thing that we focus on. But he has all the other attributes like he is all around a really good boxer. So when we take a look at the, it's hard not to put him on top But when Haney has most of the belts. He's undisputed in this division. Right. So and
1: and and Shakur's been a champion in two-way classes. And Javante Davis has been a champion in I think four at this
0: point. Yeah. Um,
1: you know, he because he went up to 140, beat Mario well, that, Mario. So that's, that's why I'm
0: like, yo, why, why why didn't you have that fight with Ryan at 140? Um, <clears throat> you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, that,
1: that was that was that was interesting too, right? Like it, it, rehydration clause,
0: right? all of that. Like it's like, come on, because I yeah. think I think this fight is gonna be closer than people think. I think now we're talking about Tank and Ryan, which is hilarious. I'm turning into Ryan. <laughs> Save it, it for next week. Save it for next week. Yeah, yeah. we got to see him for next week. And uh, definitely check out for that because we're going to do the betting portion as well. But you can't leave off Tank's name in this division because he has fought in it. He hasn't officially moved over to 140 where he's only fighting guys at 140. So it's like we have to mention him in this category. And for me right now, Devin Haney is that guy. He's undisputed. But Shakur is coming. And I think he beats everyone.
1: I I think the fascinating thing about 135 is I think that any of these five dudes we're mainly talking about, you can see them standing on top when the dust settles in the division, if they all fight each other, which we know at least some of them are at this point. Shakur is kind of the one where we don't really know, but we know that Shakur is probably going to get the winner of one of these fights, right? And the top five we're talking about who are probably the top. These are probably the top five lightweights in the world. Oh well, if you we don't know how to categorize like Ryan Garcia's weight class. This is a catchweight. He's been at lightweight. He's you know one forty. Like we don't really know what weight class he is. But for all intents and purposes, let's call him a lightweight for this conversation.
0: Yeah,
1: it would be Shakur. No order: Shakur Stevenson, Devin Haney, Vasily Lomachenko, Ryan Garcia, Javante Davis. And in this sort of, I don't know if it's a round robin, but it's some sort of tournament, I guess. And uh, I think Shakur Stevens is going to get the winner of Devin Haney, Vasily Lomachenko. That leaves us with four. And then we're going to have down to three because Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia are going to fight. So when you're looking at the top guys at, for all intents and purposes, lightweight, we don't know where Ryan Garcia actually is, right? (laughs) Because this is a catchweight fight. He's toyed with 140. I think he's probably 140, but let's just call it lightweight for now, right? Gervonta Davis, Ryan Garcia, that's going to have a winner. Um, and then you have Devin Haney, Vasily Lomachenko, that's going to have a winner. And Shakur Stevenson has already won and he's going to be off to the side. So you're going to be down to three dudes. And I think you can see Gervonta Davis being at the top of that very easily if you believe in his power and his defense enough and that he'll be able to close the gap on a Shakur or a Devin Haney or Vasily Lomachenko or a Ryan Garcia when they fight next week, you know, Shakur Stevenson, I think you're banking on just the overall boxing ability and counterpunching. And as you mentioned earlier in the show, just he's still young growing into himself, yeah. as is Devin Haney. They're in that same age group, right? Like, yeah, these are young dudes. Um, and you think they that they would have the counterpunching ability, the defense, the chin, and the reach to keep a Javante Davis away from them. I think it gets interesting if we get an upset here, and I'm calling it an upset because Javante Davis is the favorite as is Devin Haney, although they're both pretty slight favorites, especially in boxing terms. I think it gets interesting if Orion Garcia wins, what happens in that conversation now, right? And then the yeah. same thing with Vasily Lomachenko, who I think people are writing off. And while I think...
0: It's it's not a layup. It's not a layup. Yeah. That fight is not a layup for Devin while Haney. While we
1: think Devin Haney's Is the deserved slight favorite, and we both lean towards him winning the fight. Yeah. Vasily Lomachenko turning back the clock would not shock me. I just, you know, I don't know if he has enough to beat Devin Haney, but like imagine Vasily Lomachenko versus one of these other guys. Who knows?
0: If he had to turn back the clock, I think he could. Only thing with Loma is he has to start off quickly because Devin Haney is going to establish a jab early yep. on and win those early rounds. So Loma can't do Loma things and start off in the sixth round and decide, yo, I'm going to go for it. Like, he has to start earlier. So I think if Ryan Garcia wins, it changes a lot of yeah. things.
1: I think it fucks people and up a little bit. Like, it's like, wait, 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 Because I think a lot of people secretly think Gervonta, they while well, they call this a 50-50 fight, I think most people, most people think, that Gervonta Davis in their soul is going to win this fight. Yes. So, so
0: I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I think Shakur Stevenson has officially established himself as coming for everybody in that division. And I think he has the possibility to also be the king of that division. Will we get all of these fights that we want to see in this weight class? Who knows? Some guys are going to move up. Some guys aren't, but it's going to make things a lot interesting. So I know you, you got a point to get off right One here. One final
1: question before we move into our next topic. Are you a little disappointed in Isaac Cruz in particular not not taking the the originally mandated bout against Shakur Stevenson? Because as somebody who very much likes Isak Cruz a lot and thinks that he could hang with a lot of the dudes we're talking about, at least hang with. And he hung with Javante Davis before, but I'm kind of like, man, like, I would love to see that fight, but.
0: I think it's a fight we could possibly get in the future though. Like we didn't get it this time around, but I think that's a fight that we could possibly get. But that's also, that's a tough fight for Shakur, I think. I think that's a tougher fight for Shakur. I want to see Shakur Stevenson. (laughs) I want to see Shakur Stevenson. Yeah, I want him to fight better competition. And at this point, is it because guys are ducking him? Cause George Hambosa's junior was like, yo, I just, I lost twice and I'm going to take some time because I know if he came back again for that fight, he, he'd lose again. Yeah. Right. So that'd be three straight for him. So yeah, I'm disappointed that fight didn't happen, but it's not to say it won't happen.
1: We'll see. It, Shakur yeah, Stevenson we'll see. said they. isaac Cruz said he'll be running too much. And I'm like, okay, I kind of know if you read between, if you read between the lines there, then, you know, it's just, it's a little, it's a little like, yeah, really we couldn't get that fight. And then, you know, promotionally you would have to have top rank and PBC come together, which they have, you know, it's not the easiest yeah. thing in the world to do, but they have, um, so
0: I yeah. I think it's a possibility we could get that fight, but I think it's a bigger possibility that we get Shakur against Devin Haney. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Because the, the, the stars are going to
0: align for that. The yeah, and the, star, and the stars are going to align for that. So I think that's the fight everyone kind of wants to see anyways. A lot of back and forth between those guys. Now, a couple of guys that also had some back and forth this upcoming weekend on Top Ranks broadcast. It's official. Josh Taylor, Teofimo Lopez, June 10th. And it's going to be at... The Hulu theater
1: the Hulu theater at Madison Square Garden or as I still call it the MSC theater uh, as do most people because you know no disrespect to Hulu because you know we love Hulu but um, it's just a long ass name and we get it sponsorship yeah. purposes it's still the Madison Square Garden theater.
0: Yo man, we might want to be with Hulu one day. So I'm going
1: Hulu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that valid. Look, right? man, I was watching Ale- Abbott Elementary this weekend. You know what I mean? On Hulu.
0: I love like, Abbott Elementary. We, we,
1: okay, we gotta talk about that because I have some thoughts. Yeah. Will, I'm not. I'm, I just started it though. I'm like seven episodes.
0: It's in. so funny, dude. <laughs> it's like it's my favorite show. But go really?
1: On. Oh shit. Okay.
0: I, I, I it's hilarious. Right.
1: I. We have two totally different were... favorite shows. Mine is Narcos, but that's another story for. Them.
0: No, no, like it's my favorite show right now to oh, watch. Okay. My favorite show of all time is probably a tie. Between The Wire, Breaking Bad, and Sopranos.
1: Oh, okay. So you're okay, but that's a kind yeah. of like an easy, like you know, like a lot of people. Have yeah, to, that's like saying Jay Z is your favorite rapper ever, like man. But
0: he's not. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> he's All not. Right. Though, anyway. Um, but yeah. Let's
1: see. This is the show we actually want to do. But anyway, um, now nah, I'm kidding. Um, look, I'm very excited for this fight, Josh Taylor versus Teofimo Lopez. It's going to be for the WBO. World Championship at 140 pounds, super lightweight, which Josh Taylor has and has had for a long time. He has not fought since Airports, Jack beating, Airports beating Jack Catterall. Because yes. a lot of people thought Jack Catterall could have won that Jack
0: Catterall won that fight. Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> it was in Josh Taylor's backyard. <laughs> and that was a robbery. And they didn't even get that rematch. Josh Taylor also had to vacate his titles. Remember, keep in mind that he was undisputed. That
1: was February... 26 of 2022 not 2023 and if you look at josh taylor's resume uh, otherwise outside of like the world boxing super series where he had to fight some serious competition and then air quotes again beat regis progre at the end uh which i thought it was a draw
0: yo he he did beat a lot of people jose ramirez in a fight where i thought jose ramirez didn't look like himself
1: yeah look that's that's his best win Is the Jose Ramirez fight, right? And look, Regis Prograce said for Jose Ramirez looked like shit against Richard May, but that's not the story for another day. The point of it it is, Josh Taylor, two of his main three wins, I'm just going to let that phone ring, I ain't picking that shit up. Two of his main three wins, you have questions about. And I think that as it pertains to this fight in particular, Teofimo Lopez has a lot of questions about him because he just, air quotes again, Chantel, beat Sandor Martin in his last fight, in a fight that some people think should have been a draw, or Sandor Martin beat, you know, and he actually was knocked down for the first time in his pro career, Teoflomo Lopez was. And up until then, he's looked pretty awesome, except for the George Cambosos fight, which he lost because he fought, in my opinion, overly emotional and was trying to just get the knockout and didn't find a smart fight. But this
0: sh- wasn't Tio Fima lopez was also knocked down by george cambosis jr well one, actually
1: yeah you're right you're right you're right so yeah. the sandor martin was the second time in his career that he's been knocked down thank you for the correction ultimately though this shit should not be at the theater why isn't this in madison square garden and we're gonna actually break down this fight a little bit because i want to get your thoughts on it but why is this shit at the theater? For people who don't know Madison Square Garden has a capacity of above 18,000, 19,000 something along those lines, right? Sub 20,000. The theater is like 5,600 something like that. It's
0: Oh, that's small. I didn't know that. Like why is it why is it at the theater? It's maybe 6,000.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, yo, Taylor Lopez is from New York. I think he's a draw. Yeah. Josh Taylor is from the UK and UK fighters they can do well here in terms of like selling out whatever the case would be i don't know if you'd sell out the garden but i think you could get more than six thousand people and why is this at the garden and and why isn't this at the garden and these guys also they they lent voice to that like they said it on the broadcast they were like this should be in the big house and it's not
0: depending on who's on the card as well xander zayas is he going to be on the card better be that's the day before one, the puerto
1: rican day parade he fucking better which be. which
0: is one of which is one of the, the biggest days in New York to have the boxing match ahead of time in New York. Like that's how it usually goes, right? You had the boxing fight, Puerto Rican day parade the next day. So I think, is this not a fight that would sell out MSG? Cause I think it would be pretty close to selling out. It's kind of interesting for me because Tio Pima Lopez, we know he is a guy that's from that area fighting Josh Taylor, lots of back and forth. And this is a questionable fight, right? Because we're questioning, did Josh Taylor beat Jack Catterall? He didn't, but (laughs) they said that he did. And then Teofimo Lopez, I'm a big Teofimo Lopez fan, and I think he lost that fight against Sandor Martin. Really? I think he...
1: I had him winning 95-94. I had him winning by a point.
0: (sighs) That's how close it was, though, where I would have been okay with it being a draw. I think I was happier with it being a draw. I don't think he necessarily beat him, but that was a fight that was very, very close. So... Why isn't this fight at MSG? Because I think it could sell like 18,000 tickets.
1: I think it could come close at least. Like, comparatively, Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano, which objectively is a bigger fight, that sold out at MSG. But I feel like this isn't far from that caliber-wise, right?
0: It's – I would say it's on the same level. I know that one was a little bit different because it's Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano – but still, but like Lopez is-, is
1: legit, like he still has cacheted and He's not somebody who passes prime. He's just like you have questions.
0: He's a young guy. Yeah, you yeah. Yeah. just
1: have questions and, you know, about like, is he going to be there mentally and things of that nature. And then Sandor Martin had a good enough performance to where some people like Chantel believe he won. And some people like myself think that it was a point away. And honestly, if you told me hey regis Gray is going to defend his title against sandor martin who's one of the top contenders according to the wbc Good at 140 fight. and if he did that right now even after a loss i would be like yeah that that makes sense that's actually something that makes sense um so i i think with this fight it should be at the garden but in terms of breaking it down stylistically right let's let's do this briefly which we're going to get into more uh, as we lead up to it um i'm hoping to be at this fight um potentially uh We'll just leave it there for now. <laughs> and uh, I think with with this fight, though, yeah. it's interesting because Josh Taylor is a Southpaw who kind of fights like a bully. Kind of tries to use yeah. it in the way Sebastian Fundora does, but I think he's better at it where he tries to use his size and brawl on the end. He knows a how to bit, use his
0: distance. He knows how to use his distance. We use. saw that against Jose mm-hmm. Ramirez.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this is something he was trying to do against Regis Progray. And then there was a lot of there were a lot of exchanges on the inside in that fight. The world box is super serious. A fight that I want to rewatch, by the way, see if I scored the same way, uh, a draw. But and I think that's going to be interesting for Teo Lopez to have to deal with because this is not going to be somebody like Sandor Martin where Sandro Martin was trying to counter, was moving away, was giving him. It's he's a tough, he's one of those guys who's a classic tough guy to look good against, right? And he could also beat you when you're off your game, which he almost did. Teofimo Lopez is gonna have to deal with somebody who's bigger naturally, who's gonna try to bully him on the inside, and Teofimo Lopez, I think, is gonna be boxing a little bit more and countering and things of that nature, and that's gonna be interesting to me because he has the power, the one punch knockout power to catch a Josh Taylor who's been down to. Jack Catterall in the past was not as big of a (laughs) buncher. So I think stylistically, this is a fascinating fight in that regard.
0: And I do think Teofimo Lopez Jr. is a better fighter than Jack Catterall. That (laughs) Jack Catterall fight kind of exposed Josh Taylor for me. Because going into that fight, I was like, man, he looked really good against Jose Ramirez. Keep in mind, Jose Ramirez didn't look like the Jose Ramirez that we're used to seeing. There was also a big delay before they went into that fight. Josh Taylor hasn't fought since the, uh Caterall mm-hmm. fight, right? So I'm also thinking, is there going to be a little bit of rust for Josh Taylor heading into this fight? Because we've seen Teofimo Lopez fight recently, and sure, it wasn't that great of a performance, but at the same time, Teofimo Lopez, when I'm seeing him talk about this fight, it seems like he's locked in again. It seems like the Teofimo Lopez that we were seeing before he fought Lomachenko. And that's the Teofimo Lopez that I think... I think he's going to give Josh Taylor some problems because he's a way better fighter. And I'm going to I'm going to say this on the line. This is no disrespect to a guy like Jack Catterall. Way better fighter than Jack Catterall. I think Teofimo Lopez is going to... I think there's a possibility that he could get a knockout in this fight because Jack Catterall was landing on Josh Taylor. And of course, Josh Taylor uses his size really well. But I think if Teofimo Lopez can use his skill, box him use his great footwork that he has, and land some big shots on him, I think he gets it done against Josh Taylor.
1: So to your point about the rust, and we'll say this and then move on to our next topic. Teofimo Lopez fought twice since Josh Taylor's last fight. Teofimo Lopez, you remember, lost to George Campos in November of 2021.
0: Can we stop on that for a second, though? Because... Mm -hmm. In that George Cambosas Jr. fight, I think he just didn't take his opponent seriously. He was like, yo, this is going to be a layup. I'm going to just knock him out. And George Cambosas Jr. had a good game plan Mm -hmm. and just outboxed him and moved around the ring really well. So I don't think that was a Teofimo Lopez who was also going through a lot of stuff outside the ring. I don't think that's the Teofimo Lopez that we should be judging because we know that he's not that guy that he was in the ring that night.
1: But if he's not on his game again... He could also lose the fight so it's not to say like he's gonna definitely be on his game now even though he sounds like it now but ultimately we'll see how training camps go and things of that nature but yeah he, he he knocked out pedro Campa um in his return in august of last year who just went to distance with brandon lee another story for another day and
0: and Fima lopez i was at that fight he essentially yeah he took a lot of hits but he also made it look easier than Brandon lee did <laughs>
1: way easier but again right. story for another day brandon lee prospect almost 30 fights in this career um and teofimo lopez i think that in the sandor martin fight which we've talked about like he's so, he i think there's a there's something he took away from that fight that i don't think we're gonna see again but ultimately yeah. we'll, we'll see how it plays out but fascinating fight i'm willing to bet that teofimo lopez is going to be a slight betting favorite and you're just sort of banking on he's going to be focused like i think Mentality and people trying to guess where he is is going to be a big narrative coming into this fight. Um, Whereas I think Josh Taylor, is the perception of him is going to be a little bit more even keel. And I think both of these guys are very, very capable of losing this fight, so it's fascinating.
0: Yeah, and I'm not sleeping on Josh Taylor. I think he is... He's a good boxer, man. I mean, at one point, he was undisputed. Let's not sleep on that. But his performance against Jack Catterall, brutal. (laughs) Brutal. He lost that fight... (laughs) It was Man. a robbery in broad daylight, and he hasn't fought since that fight. So I'm not rolling with Josh Taylor on this one. If he comes in and fights a lot better, great, because I want to see a competitive bout. But, yeah, I'm rolling with Teofimo Lopez, Jr. I'm going to say that already when we do the breakdown. You know who I'm going to take, but we're going to elaborate it. On- we're gonna. I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on that fight when we get to it. But a fight that's also coming up this summer, and I know my guy right here, Brian, is super hyped for it. Edgar Berlanga is going to be taking on Jason Quigley, June 24th. And is this one at the MSG Theater as well? It They're is. They're not
1: putting it in the big house. Um, and he's fought at the theater before. His last fight was at the theater. So Edgar Berlanga, fellow New Yorkican,
0: yeah,
1: I'm going to have a lot to say about this one. Um, Edgar Berlanga's last fight was against Romero Alexis Angulo people He
0: should have not. He should have knocked. Should have
1: knocked him out. This was at the msc Theater, June 11th, Puerto Rican Day Parade
0: um Eve.
1: Xander Zayas was supposed to be the co-main. He was hurt, so I'm hoping that Xander Zayas is actually on the fight card that we just talked about with Josh Taylor and Teofimo Lopez. I think that Bob Aram is somebody who he knows, like he'll be pushing for that. We'll see if Xander Zayas, because he was supposed to fight already, he got hurt again
0: zias is that dude by the way I, but, yeah. yeah i think he's i'm telling my fellow puerto rican here because i think he's the next puerto rican boxing superstar since miguel Cotto. i guess just
1: need him just and... need him to stay healthy there was supposed to be another one after miguel Cotto, but he's in jail and we don't talk about him anymore
0: As... yeah, I, I do want to ask you i do want to ask you and, and i know you have a lot to say on this topic because i feel like you're so close to it being in new york being a Puerto Rican. I just mentioned. I haven't covered one Edgar of,
1: well, I'll get into that, but yeah.
0: Yeah. So I just mentioned one of our favorite fighters, Miguel Cotto. I think he's like number one on your list or number two.
1: After, after um, Felix Trinidad. Right yeah, ahead no of Roy Jones there. Jr.
0: No, not, not, no surprise there. Trinidad, uh, Cotto, the Roy Jones <laughs> Jr.
1: For people keep a score at home. Those are my favorite three fighters ever.
0: And it kind of brings me to the question, Brian, because I was thinking about it and I don't think there has been that big of a superstar. That's, you know, rep in Puerto Rico since Miguel Cotto, but Edgar Berlanga had that title coming in because he was knocking dudes out left, right, and center, had this crazy knockout streak, and he was being labeled as being that next boxing superstar that's going to be rep in Puerto Rico. Was that too much to put on him that early? And- Due to his last few fights, at one point, we were like, we want to see him go the distance. He's just knocking dudes out in the first round. Then he goes the distance, and now he hasn't been able to knock out anyone. So was that too much pressure to put on him? Do you think that was unfair? And are we going to see a knockout against Jason Quigley?
1: The most disappointing athlete of my lifetime has been Felix Verdejo. So the reason I bring that up is because he was supposed to fill this void after miguel cotto he was coming up as miguel cotto was on the way out miguel cotto had his last fight which i was at and covered and i actually thought that he didn't lose to sadam ali but whatever he got hurt doesn't matter this is at the end of 2017 or 2018 one or the other felix verdejo was still ascending at the time um he had that first loss at the msc theater i believe that was in 2018 i was there for that Antonio lozada just sort of like wore him down. Felix Verdejo was winning the fight ahead on the cards and then he got stopped late. It was embarrassing. And then the Nakatani fight, where again, started off hot, multiple knockdowns very early. And there was a sort of trend that was worrying with Felix Verdejo. And people, please bear with me because I'm looking some of this stuff up on the fly just in the interest of being accurate because my memory... It's usually pretty good with this stuff, but I want to make sure I'm exactly right. Okay. Antonio Lozada happened March 17, 2018. I was at that. That was Felix Verdejo's first fight. But prior to that, let's go back a little bit further. In 2015, this was sort of his first big showcase. And Miguel Cotto was like, he beat Daniel Gil, You know what I mean? Around this time. Like he was he was fight he fought Canelo Alvarez later that year for the middleweight title. Where Canelo Alvarez beat him, although the scorecard should have been way closer. And Canelo Alvarez was like 30 pounds more than him on fight night, whatever the case may be. But we're not going to talk about that. Um, he beat Ivan Nahara by decision, fellow undefeated fighter. That was his like showcase, right? And it was like we have an undefeated Puerto Rican versus undefeated Mexican uh, the night of Puerto Rican Day Parade Eve. Nicholas Walters, remember him? He actually fought again recently, not for nothing. He actually had a fight in Venezuela a couple months ago. He was
0: a big name at one point. He beat
1: Manuel Mariaga that night. Later on, he gets... Ville Verdejo gets a second-round knockout against Jose Jose Nielsen Dos Santos, and then he's on Terrence Crawford undercard where he beats... Or Terrence Crawford co feature where he beats William Silva by decision. And it was at that fight, I was like, hmm, didn't put that dude away. It was a guy that subsequently Teofimo Lopez knocked out, among others, Right? And then he had a fight against Jose Luis Rodriguez at a Roberto Clemente Coliseum. And then there was another fight later on against a dude named Oliver Flores. This is uh, February of 2017. This after Felix Verdejo got hurt. There was a motorcycle accident somewhere here. And then there was like, yeah. he's going to fight Terry Flanagan from WBO. And then that didn't end up happening. And then whatever. So it, it kind of got weird and murky here, right? And then Oliver Flores who's 27-2, and little known, kind of stuns him late in that fight, and Felix Verdejo just wins it. And then he returns after 11 months away, loses to Lozada, and then from there, it's just like weird performance, weird performance. Oh, he's back. He beats Will Madera by knockout first round. He's fucking back. And then Nakatani beats him, and then he goes to jail. So (laughs) Edgar Berlanga, what I was worrying about as he sort of came up he was going down the same path, not the off the ring shit, not that. But in terms of like, hmm, the knockout streak is over. The performances are getting weird. Why didn't he put away Steve Rose? Why did Dean yeah. Nicholson rock him? Why did he not put away Romero Alexis Angulo? There's another fight there I'm forgetting about. But to wrap it up so that I can let you talk, please. Um, <laughs> I think that Edgar Berlanga is under immense pressure and they're not helping with that. Because the plan, according to Eddie Hearn, is to bring him in and have him challenge Canelo Alvarez. I don't think he's ready for Canelo Alvarez. And I'm not sure if a win over Jason Quigley, who he should beat, by the way, is going to bring him that much closer to it. So we'll see what happens. But ultimately, I think he will win this fight. But he needs to show like a lot more uh, than he's shown in his last few fights. There's been questions about his chin, his lack of defense. And... I also, going back, like there's a little bit of a personal connection here because there's a documentary that me and some people did, including Dexter Henry, who we talked about earlier, uh, on Three Puerto Rican Fighters. You can go check that out on YouTube. I'm not plugging it to plug it. I'm saying, like, look, I've covered Edgar Berlaga for a minute. This was a documentary yeah. called La Cultura. did really well on YouTube. We got awards for it. Got a lot of awards for it. He was sort of the centerpiece of that, along with Matthew Gonzalez and Zachary Ochoa and since then he's been touted as like that dude in the top rank sign of whatever but hasn't quite lived up to that fully yet we'll see if it happens on matchroom
0: and you know you broke it down perfectly gave a good background of everything and how you kind of saw their paths be a little bit similar for me edgar berlango was set up to fail <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, that's a
1: concise way of listed, putting it yeah
0: <laughs> because you take a look at it and i think it's kind of unfair to him because he goes on this crazy knockout streak and everyone as boxing fans, were still being extremely critical. We're like, listen, he needs to go the distance. He can't just be knocking dudes out in the first round. We need to see more of him. Ends up going the distance. And we're like, okay, you know, he's not that good defensively. But, you know, he can get better. Like, he went the distance. Let's see what he does now. Hasn't been able to get a knockout. Had not a good performance against Steve Rolls. Steve Rolls was landed on him. I was like, "Oh, the Canadian still got it," but no, he should have he should have bodied Steve Rolls, and then he should have bodied Romero Alexis Angulo.
1: And he was That's the dropped. Truth of he it. was dropped by Marcelo Um Caseras. Yeah, he was dropped in that fight.
0: And then we started questioning his chin, and obviously, And there's a video that you sent me as remember
1: well. What, remember when he was in the amateurs, he got knocked out cold. Um, Somebody showed that to me in 2018 as we were developing La Cultura, who again we'll call them because I mentioned this story before on the show, but new listeners all the time, so you never know, right? (laughs) As we're doing this, we'll call this person a trainer in New York City area. Uh said to me they thought Edgar Berlanga was being rushed because his team quote unquote didn't trust his chin. That's what was told to me by this person, right? And they showed me the video of him getting knocked out in the amateurs. Um and he got knocked out. And he got knocked out amateurs. And we saw we saw it like in the fights that have gone to distance. He gasses out at the end. He got rocked. He got dropped at one time. And it's like Jason Quick, Jason Quigley's not a chump either. Like in, t- no, in talking he's not. talking about his challenger for a little bit, Jason Quigley, 20 and 2 with 14 knockouts. He's gone to distance with some dudes. And he's gotten some decent wins over like Shane Mosley Jr., who's actually, you know, turned himself into a credible pro. Uh, He was put, and this is the thing, like, if you're using the barometer of being like, okay, Gennady Golovkin put away Steve Rose, so Edgar Berlanga shouldn't, he didn't, that's a strike against Edgar Berlanga. Dimitri Sandrade knocked out Jason Quigley in the second round of a fight in November 2011. I don't think Edgar Berlanga is going to put him away in the second round, but if he did, I think that would speak volumes to a lot of people, but they would still have questions about his defense. So he's almost in like a no-win situation here, to your point.
0: Yeah, and, you know, you you mentioned a couple of other guys. If this is the path to Canelo, I want to see something more than Jason Quigley. If ah. he goes the distance with Jason Quigley, it's like I want to see someone else fight him. You know, David Morrell is going to be fighting this upcoming weekend coming up uh, pretty soon. Sorry, the weekend after, is he not? Um He's, he's on he's the on tank, tank in Ryan Garden. Yep. Yep. I wouldn't mind seeing him against a guy like David Morell or something like that. Will that fight happen because of politics? Maybe not. But, I mean, you know, also there's there's another guy. I think this would be crazy. What if he could fight a guy like Caleb oh, Platt? Oh, you
1: said the one I was thinking of. Right?
0: Like, okay. Because I think Kayla Platt beats him as well. So – I just feel like we need to see more from Edgar Berlanga. Unfortunately, I want him to see him beat bigger names and have better finishes before he gets to a guy like Canelo, because at the same time, being fair to him, why should they put him in a situation against Canelo where it's not fair to him and he can't win that fight? Not saying that he can't, but I think Canelo right now, where they are in their careers, I think Canelo would body him in a fight.
1: Me too. And we're gonna wrap this up because we gotta we're gonna have more to get to on this fight. And um obviously we don't want this to be to go on forever, even though I can go on this all day because there's a Puerto Rican involved and a New York Rican involved. Caleb Plant is the one for me that that would be awesome. I also think though, like to Edgar Berlanga's credit, he called out John Ryder way before John Ryder was gonna fight Canelo. And yeah, this is before even John Ryder's last victory. Called out John Ryder, wanted to make that fight, ends up signing with Eddie Hearn. And honestly, if he beats Jason Quigley, which he should, which he should
0: and John Ryder loses, he should fight. I I think that I think
1: that's perfect. That's that's perfect, right? Canelo Alvarez does whatever he does to John Ryder. TKO round five, six, four, seven.
0: Round four matters. Yeah, it's
1: gonna somewhere like that, right? And then it's like great, Edgar Berlanga, John Ryder, November, something like that. That then it's like, okay, let's see how he does again. Because if you're really grooming him for the Canelo fight, I think that makes a lot of logical sense. I don't know if that's a fight that a lot of people would be feeding to watch. It kind of depends on how these two fights play out. The John Ryder and Canelo one is coming up next month, uh, very soon, as a matter of fact. So we'll see. But I think that will be like just great matchmaking. Um, and I think Caleb Plant, if you can make that work uh promotionally. That would be beautiful also. That's
0: a blockbuster fight. That's a pay-per-view fight. I think Kayla Platt and Edgar Berlanga. If Edgar
1: Berlanga Here's the looked one great thing. before that. Because if Here's it happened thing right thing now, I, do I don't say. think it's a pay-per-view yeah. fight
0: right now. Well, yeah. I think, I think it could be depending on how you promote it with everything riding on it. One last thing that I do want to say. Yeah. I think Edgar Berlanga is good for boxing in a sense that if he is successful, he has all the attributes to be an absolute superstar. Yeah. He talks the talk. He's got the support of like all the rappers, right? Fat Joe, like he brings out the celebrities. This is important, though. This Tracy is important. Morgan though Morgan loves him, right? Like this, this is—he's from New York City. He's Puerto Rican. They've been waiting for a Puerto Rican superstar. We got you We've know, obviously Xander Zayas in in the background. And more but people this think is Xander Zayas
1: want. is going to be the one, which is yeah.
0: yeah. I think we're at consensus here as well, but. Edgar Berlanga, if he can knock out Jason Quigley and I, I hope he does, cause I'm actually rooting for him at this point, because I think he got an unfair shot where people are just dragging him right now. You know, my bad, cause I've been doing that too. But <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I gotta be a little bit journalistic here. You know what I'm yeah. saying? All I'm saying is he's good for boxing. Um, he has a big fan base and I think it will bring people casual fans to watch Edgar Berlanga fight. If it, if, if it ever does happen, if he ever does fight Caleb plant or even a guy like Canelo Alvarez. So just want to say he's good for boxing here at the mandatory. We want to know your thoughts. Number one, what did you think about Shakur Stevenson's performance? Teofimo Lopez, Josh Taylor, who do you have? And are we sleeping on Josh Taylor a bit? <clears throat> I don't think so. Uh, and the last one, <laughs> What do you think about Edgar Berlanga? Do you think he gets it done against Jason Quigley? Let us know. Drop some comments below. Also hit us up on at the mandatory TKO. Follow us. If you haven't already liked this video, like it, subscribe. We do appreciate you. And shout out to everyone as well that's been rocking with us. If you've been rocking with us from jump or you just, you know, the last few episodes, we appreciate you. Anything else, Brian? Anything anything else you want to say before we get off here?
1: um the most the the underrated thing about the jason quigley uh edgar berlanga fight um jason quigley's from ireland that's gonna do well in the garden you got a puerto rican dude <laughs> against Irish dude uh it's only at the msc theater kind of wish like you even put it in like the barclay center and maybe just take the top off the like the top because you're probably not going to sell every ticket but maybe you could maybe you could yeah i think that's the fight that's going to do well hoping to be at that one as well and um you know we'll see what happens
0: Yo, man, if Katie Taylor could bring out that many people, you know what I mean? Like, Ireland was out there. They were outside in that fight.
1: And and Amanda Um, Serrano got robbed. She should have won that fucking fight.
0: That's a fight, though, that I want (laughs) to see. But nonetheless, drop some comments below. Thank you for rocking with us. Thank you for getting us to over
1: 400 on YouTube after less than two months of doing the actual show. We appreciate that. We're trying to get to five and six and seven and a thousand and all this shit. So tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, And let us know what you want to see more from us. If you want to see more interviews, we're actually working on getting some more um, as the the months and weeks go. And if you want to see more analysis like this or whatever the case may be, you want to see mailbag, you can email the show. As I mentioned, mandatory show at gmail.com. See it at the bottom of the screen. Um, But let us know, hit us up.